0: Welcome to the M2 Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Antti. My co-host right here is Kyle Heath. This is the show where we cover the last week gaming industry-related news. And uh, I guess let's just jump into it, Kyle. What have you been up to the last week? Have you played any new games? You've been grinding? I know you've been playing at least Power World.
1: Hey, so
0: what else you got going on?
1: <laughs> I just have to point out, the hey, I like that. He just said, hey. <laughs> <Welcome everyone. laughs> just trying to grab attention, dude. <laughs> That's hey, all I'm
0: really trying to do. Listen.
1: Oh, um, Yeah. uh uh, so listen (laughs) games i played this week um yeah you already mentioned it the biggest game obviously being power world i got sucked into that yeah Uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about there um on top of that i played a couple other games too i played a little bit of super mario galaxy again kind of trying to make progress on that very nice a couple hours in um i also picked up manhunt 2 on the wii which is really interesting i've been playing that that's like a it's so it's weird too. I'm like I'm only like maybe a couple of like levels in. So like maybe a couple hours at most, but but that's like an interesting game. It's like a I don't know. It's I mean for those I mean, I guess unaware of Manhunt, because like the first game was very much like it's 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 a Rockstar title, and it's one of Rockstar's like most controversial titles, especially the first game. Just because of the subject matter. Like it's pretty much it's it's pretty much a guy that is like I guess, like, captured by, like, some, like, high-level executive or something like that. Some, like, real, like, weird guy who essentially, like, forces him to make, like, snuff films of him, like, killing people. And, like, he wants them to record. It's, like, really dark stuff. And so that's kind of the first game. And so when people, like, you know, when when people think about Manhunt, I feel like they think about that first game. Very interesting kind of setting and everything. I haven't played the first game. Um, But essentially, I guess Manhunt 2, I guess, is some sort of continuation on that um where you're like i like i don't know the full story i just know i'm a i'm a guy who lost his memory who is like escaping from like a mental institution (laughs) and so it's like and you're still like killing people whatnot and then you're finally like getting your memory back and everything so i don't know the full story of the second game but that's kind of where we're at And that that game it's a it's really interesting but like with the wii i love the wii controls because it's like the full like it's so weird, because when you're doing, like, kills and stuff in that game, it's very much like you're moving to, like, what your character's doing. Oh, really? Doing. Yeah, so it's like... That's, the, so are you, have you to, looking like, like a maniac, follow.
0: just, like, are you kind of like this, just like... <laughs>
1: yeah, like, <laughs> like when you're like... slashing down or, like, hitting down, like, you actually <laughs> you have both an nunchuck in the controller and you're going down with it and stuff. Oh, wow. it's, like, it's really weird, but... Um, That's really I, cool. It kind of fits the... I, I feel like it fits the game really well to have motion controls, but... um, So I've been, yeah, I've been playing that. It's, it's been pretty interesting. Like, the story again, I, I still want to do, like... I need to like go through and actually like read kind of a synopsis to at least understand the beginning parts um to kind of get it more, but yeah. but yeah. First game's really weird. I there there's a couple of uh I think there's like one video I saw of someone that did a retrospective on the main hunt like games and he did one on the first game. It's like really good. Um but you can find stuff on YouTube if anyone's like ever curious about what those games are yeah. like because they're they it's a really weird thing that Rockstar did that. It didn't really continue on much because obviously the materials very, uh, <laughs> very heavy, but um, but yeah, it's but it's a rockstar game through and through, so so you know, you're getting at least like a quality game. Um, but yeah, I, I say quality game, but I'm pretty sure Manhunt 1 on PC is like not even playable anymore because like the amount of Windows versions we've like turned out, it's like <laughs> the game's oh, just can't not, keep up. yeah, like can't keep up, so it's like really just poor performing and doesn't map to the PC or to like keyboard and mouse well. um Anyways, yeah, I played those on the Wii a little bit, but yeah, dude, most of my week so far has just been like Pal World, really. Um, I, I, you yeah. know, heard all the, uh, I wanted to see what all the hype was about. And heard like within the first like couple of days, there's millions of copies being sold. So two um,
0: million, I think, to be exact. Yeah, it's like, like that. It's, it's like insane. up to eight million
1: now. Oh it's kind gosh. of a uh, kind of wild, but um, but yeah. So I've been playing, uh, been playing some of that, and uh, I've been like really enjoying it. I think it's um. I think it's interesting. I've seen a lot of like the controversy and stuff like that, which is like, which to me it's like it's a little confusing. But I don't know. I enjoy the game, so definitely gonna keep playing it. Um, I think it's kind of an interesting take. Like, yeah, sure, they're obviously taking you know things from Pokemon for the pals and whatnot, and like trying to you know use abilities and capturing and whatnot. So like that stuff's there. There's certainly resemblance with a lot of the pals, I think, to you know some Pokemon, but. But I mean overall, yeah. I think it's I, I think the foundation of the game is like a survival just kind of like an open world survival adventure style game I think it's really pretty dope, and I you know I love like the it's a bit of a grind too, which is interesting too because it's like you really have to like sink time in to get like guns and stuff like that before the game really starts like you know getting crazy so yeah uh, that's well, what I've noticed yeah. is
0: like the beginning is a huge grind fest, but then once you get a little bit further in, um the world opens up to you pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, just gotta I mean. grind. <laughs> yeah. Grind it, it, first and then everything's awesome afterwards.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a little bit of a grind. I, I've been doing a lot of like exploring and stuff too. So it's like keeping things interesting. So it's not just like, you know, just doing one thing, like trying to level doing one thing, kind of do multiple things and explore the world. Yeah yeah there's like you know bosses you can fight dungeons you can explore and like you know it's i don't know there's a lot of content there and i think it's just pretty like well done for being a early release like pre <laughs> kind of a pre-release thing yeah also.
0: i i had no idea it was in like still preview yeah like, what, like game preview i had no idea i only yeah. noticed that when it was on game pass which is pretty sick yeah i downloaded never got a chance to play it though
1: yeah, it's yet, at least. It's interesting. I it, it's so funny too because I went back and watched Summer Games Fest whenever they like whenever we covered like the part of them showing all the games. And like we get to the right. power world section and it was so quick, like we didn't really like have much to say, but it was just like it looked so like weird. And we were just like but I remember thinking at the time like it was like I was like when this game comes out, I feel like it's just like I feel like it's not gonna really do anything. Like it's like kinda Neither weird. Neither did I. But, like, yeah, just, there it's... wasn't a whole lot
0: of hype. I think there was just, just it was they're... just kinda like I feel yeah, like they just crafting. didn't show
1: much, like, in the trailer, like, of what the game was. Oh, like, wow. they kind of, like, just, it was kind of, like, more of a preview. Like, they're, I don't know. I, I didn't expect the game to be, you know, as big and as vast as it is, so. um, I don't know. I'm pretty impressed <laughs> with kind of just the scale of this game, so. So I think I. Uh, yeah, and, like, I was looking, I looked up the developer, too, and kind of some of their past games. It's, like, in 2019, they released, like, a card game-style thing where, you know, it was, like, a battling, like, cards, like, I guess Hearthstone and whatnot. Um they released a game kinda like that. And then like after that they released another game that was like an open world like Japanese survival studio the is based out of Tokyo. But it's like a Japanese kind of like open world um kind of style game that's pretty similar except obviously there's no pals or anything. Um and then that that was like I feel like that was kind of the their concept to build this <laughs> that we have now. And it's just hugely successful and they're got hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> so <laughs> and just it's uh yeah. pretty wild. But yeah. But yeah, no, it's a good game and I I'm, I'm gonna we'll definitely talk more about it later on in the episode. But um but yeah, fun yeah, stuff I'm,
0: there. I'm excited to cover it. I think it's a it's a it's a good game. There's a, a bunch of hype over it and I think it's kinda justified. <clears throat> um hype either I mean it could be positive or negative, it just depends on your your opinion on a couple of matters, specifically the Nintendo copyright um alleged copyright infringement, like you were yeah. saying with uh, yeah the characters. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we can get to it later. there's people there's someone that made a Pokemon like a reskin mod. <laughs> and oh and then like the guy C access oh, it's yeah, so after quick. Him. It's Crazy.
0: Yeah. But yeah. And um, anybody that's actually showed the content too, which is wild. Yeah.
1: It's pretty nuts, man. It's pretty nuts. But yeah. That's what I played, Mike. What'd you play?
0: Uh honestly not a lot, man. Uh I I didn't have really any variety at all. Pretty much what I've been doing is just grinding the finals. Like non-stop okay, okay. solo grinding and admittedly i've been wanting to play other games that i have on my list and i've had times to do that like power world came out and it was i saw all the hype and i'm like i kind of want to get on this and then i wanted to play with people and then nobody's really available to play so i was like oh crap i don't know um what i want to do yeah. so i was <laughs> like i'm just gonna keep playing the finals so i honestly don't have much variety going on right now um outside of finals it's been like i haven't even really watched sports I did watch a bunch of different TV shows. Apparently, um, what's the name of the show? It it's on Netflix and it is a Korean show, uh fiction, like fantasy almost, and it's called uh what what is it? Like Captivating the King or something like that. And I watched the first episode. It's all Korean. Um I'm obviously watching in English subtitles because I'm not smart enough to learn another language. <laughs> and it's it's pretty good it's um there's some parts where you're just like this is kind of cheesy kind of weird but i'm like yeah different cultures different styles so uh it's cool that's basically what i got going on just hanging out with the dog as you can see he's uh he's riled up so for the people that are watching on video you're probably going to see him running in the background (laughs) (laughs) that's why i keep looking down i'm not trying to ignore you he's just being chaotic right now
1: yeah well see it's it's funny too i Speaking of TV too, I ended up watching the first couple episodes of like the Ted series on Peacock. but yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a oh uh,
0: Ted Lasso. No,
1: no, not even that. It's the it's the Ted. Uh, you know, um, Seth MacFarlane's Ted. They made a series. Uh, the
0: the teddy bear Ted. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they made a TV oh, show. Yeah, they made a TV show of like the high school days of Ted and like the main character, like when he was in high school. So it's like a prequel oh, to the wow. movies. I watched the first couple episodes. It was, it was pretty funny. But, but yeah. Well, it, was like, funny, yeah. it was like six or seven episodes, something like that. So still more to watch.
0: <laughs> Perfect. That was pretty funny. Uh, so what do you say we just go ahead and start getting into basically the breaking news of this week? I'm down. I'm down. I'm, ex- I'm excited for the first one because honestly, I, I heard about it. I heard all the different games that were going to be coming out specifically for Xbox, but I didn't actually look at the list. So This yeah. is gonna be uh, a fresh take.
1: Yeah, it's. going to uh, see
0: some oldies on here that have been announced forever ago, man.
1: Yeah, it was um, it was pretty good. I think the best part. For those who don't know, the Xbox Developer Direct 2024 happened this week. Um, I ended up watching it. I, I didn't get to catch it live, but I did end up watching it on my 4K television. And uh, let oh, me tell you, nice. that 4K stream. Oh, it was crisp. Yeah, very nice. Huh? I feel like that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the Developer Direct happened. Um. So, I'll read a little bit of the article and then I'll kind of touch on some of the games they talked about. Um, so, this is from Joe Scribbles, Xbox Wire, editor in chief. I feel like Joe Scribbles is like a pen name. I feel like, it's not an actual person. I don't know. Or, they like get it is a person, but they're like writing anonymously, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah I think that honestly, you might be right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I know that it does exist sometimes. Anyway. Um. Xbox Developer Direct, all the news and announcements. It's going to be a good year for Xbox players. Let's expand this. At today's Developer Direct show, we provided deep dives into five games launching across Xbox Series X and S, PC, Game Pass, and or the Cloud, all of which will arrive in 2024. Development teams at Xbox Bethesda and even one of our third-party partners invited you into their studios to showcase extended gameplay reveal, key information, and more. During the show, he visited the studios behind Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, Avowed, Sinuous Sa- Saga, Hellblade 2, and Aura, History Untold, to find out more about each one. Members of each development team gave us a look into their creation with new information and offered a tantalizing glimpse at what's to come this year. All four of these games will arrive day and date, day one, to Game Pass, ladies and gentlemen, and will contribute to what's going to be another huge year for members delivering incredible games throughout 2024. Plus, in a special surprise we heard from the team at Square Enix to learn more about Visions of Mana, the first new mainline entry in the Mana series in over 15 years, and its debut on the Xbox platforms. With participations from developers of three continents, it is a truly global show. So yeah, they, uh, we'll kind of go in order of how they revealed stuff. They talked about Evowed. For those that don't remember, Vald is... Um, that good old obsidian game that they're working yeah. on the next obsidian rpg um it looked uh pretty uh, pretty crazy i don't know um i don't know about uh Skip through this part just to recap yeah anyways let's just show some visuals but essentially um yeah so the game director came and talked uh you know they they were on the show they talked about kind of a avowed what they're working on um some of the different um some of the different combat systems and whatnot it was uh it was overall. I, I really enjoyed this. I think it was interesting as someone who's not huge into like, you know, those kind of like older style RPGs. I think it still looked pretty interesting. The the one thing that stuck out to me that I remembered was they talked about the ability. And it, it caught me off guard at first because it was like they were like going through all the like combat abilities and stuff, but they essentially if I remember correctly, I think it was dual wielding like wands. And there was, like, yeah. someone, like, shooting, like, crazy. And, like, it was, like, these weird kind of, like, combat mechanics I'd never really seen in an RPG like that. Um, so they're definitely trying some out-of-the-box stuff, I feel like, um, which kind of got me excited. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was, I, I think all around it looked, uh, looked very interesting, and um, I think it's got me interested. I mean, the fact that this is on Game Pass, too, like, I think it's something I'm actually going to check out <laughs> whenever it comes out. Um, so very much uh very much excited for that i as far as i know there was no real kind of release date it was just fall of the year. um so um it was cool to see stuff like that but yeah day and day game pass gotta check it out mike i feel like i don't know what do you think about it I, I, I,
0: well i remember a couple of the the gameplay stuff and i didn't see the dual wielding wands part but they definitely had that element of uh didn't skyrim have this where they had like magic powers with your like left hand and then you would have a sword in your right hand. Where is yeah, that like Oblivion? I, th- I think there was I mean, something in like that, that realm, yeah. right? Yeah. There's something like that. It's yeah. like magic and medieval meets. Um about seems sort of like that, but a little bit more colorful. Oh yeah. And for sure. A little bit more over the top, I think. Yeah. Like dual wielding wands and then you're just spamming. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's yeah. so crazy. It's crazy. It kind of makes you wonder it's like in in like spell casting I guess uh, fantasies like art or TV shows and movies. Why don't they ever really show two wands at once?
1: It is kind of weird. Is that kind of weird? Yeah. They have two hands. Like, why not?
0: Yeah. Like, why not? Maybe. Yeah. It doesn't make sense because most of the time when you're casting spells, it's like a mental or like a vocal thing you have to do, which makes you wonder if like people are mute. Do they lose the ability to cast spells in certain universes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. kind of brain uh what's it called
1: uh brain dump
0: (laughs) yeah brain dumping here (laughs) but i think i think there's a lot of potential for this um whether or not it releases i mean fall 2024 we're so early in the year you know you never really i don't know maybe i'm so jaded after the last couple years (laughs) of delays i just don't expect anything to really announce when or like come out when it's supposed to unless there's a concrete date
1: yeah it's true it's very true but it's good to know
0: day one game pass that's awesome yeah yeah it really is
1: so but yeah i mean uh like obsidian i think they like i played outer worlds and i i really enjoyed that game it's like it was kind of obsidian it was an obsidian rpg and we didn't know kind of how it would be but it was you know very much down that vein of you know using a lot of like kind of like fallout's formula but i think in their own kind of you know their own way obviously um so yeah i mean i think the rpg elements will be interesting and like I said, the world is just so colorful, which I love. Like just vibrant color. Um, I think it's something that's you know something I always enjoy seeing. So it's good to see that. But yeah, dude. I I gotta see more of this combat. I, I want to see more gameplay. You know, <laughs> see what's Agreed. going on. With that. Cool I'm stuff. sure
0: we're gonna start getting more and more uh, as we get closer to the date. They're gonna start teasing a little bit more as uh, marketing ramps up.
1: Gonna see that uh, summer games fest uh, trailer. You know.
0: Yes, sir. I'm saying
1: well we move on, uh, Sinua's, Sinua's Saga, Hellblade 2, this is the, uh, something that has been, you know, talked about for There's years at this hide. point. It's yeah. like, we're building up to this, well, it's been, like, a long time. Uh, yeah, I always felt like, oh, release date will probably come either at, like, a game, you know, either at, like, the Game Awards or, like, Summer Games Fest or somewhere, these big, ma- one of these major, like, you know, events to be announced. But, sure enough, when they talked about this game at the Developer Direct, um, yeah, It was cool kind of going into the studios, seeing how big their studios become, seeing the kind of equipment they have, which I know we talked about before. It's like they've grown so much in size since the first uh, since the first game, so it's like they're able to do a lot more and kind of explore different yeah, things right. and really, you know, pour a lot of money into this to make, you know, a good game. So they finally announced that Cinema Saga Hellblade 2 will be releasing on May 21st, 2024. So nice little summer right release. Mm-hmm. is pretty much right around the corner. Um yeah it was really cool to see kind of you know go a little bit more kind of meet some of the people at the studio and kind of see you know um i, I can't re- exactly remember their tagline, but it was essentially like you know they wanted to they wanted to give a good game with like they wanted to deliver a good game with like groundbreaking technology like, a good story with groundbreaking technology. It was like some kind of tagline they had of kind of the goal with this game but but yeah it seems uh it seems like they're putting a lot into this. I'm very excited for this and someone I'm definitely gonna check out, especially after playing the first subway. Very excited for that,
0: um, yeah, it's been in development for about six years now, yeah, so what a while, yeah, so they've had time, hopefully it was enough time,
1: yeah that was the thing i I think it did a good job of not like giving a release until they
0: you know were
1: I mean, it took it took years to make, obviously, but I could oh, tell like sure, they were yeah. really taking their time and making sure that when they deliver a date, they're gonna hit it, obviously, could that yeah. get delayed again, I mean, yeah, but um. I, I, I'm i pretty confident that they'd probably be able to stick to this thing, given how much time they put into it. So. Yeah,
0: we'll it's see. just looking so good. Um, yeah. Everything we've seen come out of it just looks polished. So it's, it's a good sign, and there's no rumors, I don't think, of anybody leaving the studios that I know of, at least that hasn't been as public as previous games in development.
1: Yeah, I think what's so interesting about this, the most interesting thing about this right now, is you could literally go on Xbox Game Pass and pre-install it. Which is like, what? <laughs> like it's just yeah. so cr- it's like it's already January. Like I like still got months, but I mean, all right. if you could do it, hey, you got Game Pass, you could pre install it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Cause it is, like we said, day and day Game Pass. Launching May twenty first, available to play. Um very cool stuff. Visions of mana. I hope I'm saying mana right. Mana? Mana. I feel like mana is like the very American, like
0: Yeah, I think mana. I think it I think it's supposed to be mana. <laughs> Yeah. I'm pretty sure. That's how I've always heard it, at least.
1: Yeah, Visions of Mana. Um, there's not, like... I don't know. I don't have too much to say about this game. I will say, like, visually it looked stunning. I think, like, most thing, most games, especially yes. out of Japan, like, com- whether it's combat or just overall world, like, it just looked beautiful. And so, um, yeah, visually appealing. And, like, what what was really impressive to me is, like, uh, the amount of, like, <laughs> the amount of time they're putting into just the score alone. And I think what was really cool is, like, kind of the main one of the main creative directors talked talking about how they're like they're really taking their time on crafting the music and the the actual like, sounds in the game to be um, to be very like kind of attuned to a certain situation. So like you'll see you'll hear it constantly changing and like when you're in combat it'll be you know you'll you'll get the uh, you'll get something interesting. But there's over I said there's over a hundred songs in total <laughs> that they're actually working uh, to put in the game. So I feel like there's gonna be a lot of variety music wise and sound wise. So I'm very excited for that. And I I just have to say, every time they show, like, a Japanese dev, or a Japanese development company, and, like, you see the people, like, they, they like, that, like, get to talk about the game, every one of them are, like, the, the like, coolest dress I've ever seen. (laughs) Like, like, this one guy came in, like, they were talking to this, like, he's, like, an older gentleman, but, like, dude, like, I don't remember exactly what he had, but, like, he just looks, like, he had, like, a black, like, coat, and he was, like, he was just, like, he was, like, leather, like, dripped out, like. I was like dude th- this guy it looks amazing i feel like i see that like every time when you see these studios but it's uh,
0: <laughs> like like an anime hero
1: <laughs> almost yeah <laughs> something it's like, like that. something like that don't i'm look. like dude i'm like it, like it just not who i would picture like to be dressed like that but it just looks like i don't know man people got style i respect
0: it you know? that, that's a fact actually now that you mention it i don't think i've ever seen like a dev get up on stage that that would look terrible you know, yeah right like everybody's got style it seems true or they but, um, hire somebody that's got style <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah anyways regardless though I, I think gameplay wise it looks pretty interesting it's slated for summer 2024 so we'll see it um, a little bit later i mean it's a game pass game so you know maybe worth checking out um mm-hmm. if you already got it it's no extra cost right so um and yeah it apparently it's the first mainline entry um in over 15 years i'm not super keen key division of mine i'll be honest so it's news wild. to me but hey yeah. Looks great. Um very cool stuff. Okay. Mike, do you like Civ?
0: Yeah, kinda. Of. Do, do you I, like this? I tell of you, I, I like I like watching people play it more than I actually like playing it, if that makes sense. Okay. Like I like I will literally put on like the TV I'll throw on YouTube and we'll watch somebody do like city skylines or any type of like city building exercise, like civilization builder. And just kind of like do chores around the house while that's running. So it's like, I don't need to pay attention to it 100%. But I can pay attention to it enough to like just... It's kind of nice seeing the progress of going from like yeah. one or like a small group of people to like, oh my gosh, we have a million people on this planet. Like that kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of nuts. Yeah, Let's see.
1: Well, our history untold might be a game you could check out some like nice streams on. It, though. In okay. the background, you clean something, you know what I'm saying? Listen. Sounds like it key leads at Oxide Games. I'll read a little bit of this. The key leads at Oxide Games uh, debuted an all-new look at gameplay and shared an overview of key features coming to Aura history untold during today's developer direct. Viewers learn more about Aura's crafting system, unique approach to simultaneous turns, and more. To learn more about the innovative new historical grand strategy game uh, with our in-depth interview with the uh, design director, Michelle Minard. And we had more to share about the coming months leading up to Aura's launch in the fall on PC and PC Game Pass. I- that's something that's worth noting. Like, it's coming to Game Pass. It's exclusive to PC and PC Game Pass. So, it's kind of like, but with a game this size, it's very hard to consoleize a game that's you know, yeah. especially like this old kind of like Civ games. Like, that's why back in the day, like Civilization Revolution was like the console version of Civilization. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: That's like, true. Yeah,
1: kind of hard to like consoleize that.
0: Well, I think nowadays more and more people can use a mouse and keyboard on a console so you could kind of run these style of games to me it's always been an input requirement
1: yeah, like, yeah that's probably it's true it's yeah.
0: way easier to use mouse and keyboard on these types of games yeah. although they're making it like more and more compatible Yeah, it's true
1: it was yeah it looked uh, looked pretty crazy it's um i think i really enjoyed um kind of this studio like i'm going like, to talk about this i almost wish i just pulled up the video anyway but like these these studios are very um the, the, this studio especially um the one working on ar oxide games i think it's very much like kind of a smaller studio and uh it, i just loved like the vibe of like the video kind of what they're showing and like kind of you know everyone's like it seems like a pretty tight-knit team and um it, it was just really cool to see there was like they had like you know little like they had one of the people speaking was riding like a little like biker something down the hallway and it was kind of just like you can tell they just have fun um but yeah it was also interesting too because it's like the, one of the main people that was talking like he's kind of you know they have like a whole camera production there, obviously from like you know Xbox, and they're like doing the interview, and it's like someone comes in the background, like grabs a drink out of the fridge or something like that, and then walks away, and like it stops the interview, but like he's like he's like hey, you want to like talk to them or something like that? And it's like really funny because like he's like oh, okay. as he walks out, the guy who's doing the interview, he's like he's like we started in his basement. That's <laughs> like it was kind of just funny, he's, like and it's just like he's like the founder of the studio, and he's like it's just crazy to think that like they have their own place now and like they're sustained like sustainable and stuff like that and it's like it all started from like some dude's basement you know this is wild to think that's about. cool it's like just yeah, small like a,
0: business kind of stuff
1: yeah you got like a little backstory in like five seconds which is which i think like kind of made me like be more invested in kind of what they were talking about yeah like i don't know it's a it's a very it seems like a very interesting studio they got some very interesting people working there and it seems like they're like making stuff they're passionate about they even have, like, they, they do, like, these, they do, like, preview, like, playtests and stuff like that that they'll send out to get, like, real feedback as they develop. So they're making, like, systems, and they've already, like, improved on a lot of, like, their core systems they're trying to develop because they've just had that time huh. to kind of, you know, work with, like, real people. So it seems like they're kind of doing it right. So I, I'm very interested to see kind of how this game turns out. um But just, like, visually, too, I mean, it looks like kind of your, you know, your standard, like, history, strategy, like, I guess, RTS-style game, I don't know. um. But yeah, it's it's always interesting to see that. And so this seems like, you know, another take on that. So I'm excited to see like kind of more about it. But no, it seems pretty interesting. I don't know if I actually play it again. I think like you, I'll probably just end up like trying to check out gameplay
0: on it. But <laughs> pretty interesting. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how I roll. With like most games now, I feel like I'm consuming them uh in video format, just watching other people play it. I, I don't even watch Twitch as much anymore, but yeah, it same. is very fascinating and uh I think it's just a good thing to see like these large games are being run by like smaller studios and maybe that's a good thing because you can yeah. have more and more of a vision.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean it seems like they all have you know, a direct vision of kind of where they want to go with it. So. Yeah,
0: I Kings think they like focus. Yeah. Sometimes smaller teams get things done sure. better than like an overloaded big team.
1: Exactly. That's actually an interesting segue leading into the last game they showed <laughs> Developer Direct. Um, Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been waiting a long time to finally hear about the uh, latest uh, Indiana Jones game. Well, I say latest, but this is, like, the first, I feel like, real, like, kind of, I, if you're not counting, like, in 64 and <laughs> not necessarily, but, like, SNES and all those games, this is, like, the first, like, real, like, take at a 3D Indiana Jones game, I feel like. Um, True, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I will say, like, you know, cutscenes and everything, it looks, uh, I think I think overall, it looks pretty interesting. Um, it's definitely a game I want to check out. I mean, it'll be day date on Game Pass. Um I think uh I think you just said that it's launching in 2024. There's no like specific kind of window or anything like that as far as I can see. Um it's kind of just seeing that uh they they did debut a lot of like gameplay and kind of the initial trailer, so it's cool to see that. Um Machine Games is kind of the main company behind it, like you remember the Wolfenstein kind of games like that. Um kind of that studio sort of taking the lead on it. Todd Howard is the executive producer on it. You already know he's he's in there cooking up, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it's very interesting to see, but but yeah, like I get to see the studio and all the people working around this game. It was it was pretty interesting and kind of what they're what's all kind of into it. Um, and funny enough, the person voicing Indiana Jones, which I didn't realize until I think I read later, is uh actually um, why is his name leaving me? Troy Baker. <laughs> That's who's doing it. So I don't know if you know Troy Baker. He kind of did you know pretty well known voice actor, but
0: yeah, I actually do not know who Troy Baker is. What hmm. other characters has he done?
1: Uh so Last of Us, Joel. He uh Oh he, okay. did, well, yeah, I know he that voice. voice Um yeah. So Joel and Last of Us did his voice. Um oh gosh. He's done like a ton. It's like I can't even like uh, some of yeah, them are leaving me seeing... right now, but but he's done like he he's a pretty like a lot of Sony IP he's like worked on. Um he's like kind of a go to for that. Um he Wait, he's pretty... apparently done Batman. Yeah, I think so. Um but yeah, he does like a nice kind of uh, <laughs> a nice indie impression. I feel like because his voice is definitely he definitely kind of does he kind of stretches his voice a little bit in this to sound like Indiana Jones, um, like the you know the OG, OG baby. So um, yeah, it's uh, you could tell he does that, but it, it sounds pretty good. So uh, I'm excited to uh, kind of hear more and see more. But um, but yeah, at least the initial gameplay it looks like I mean you're going to be going all across the world, so it's going to be interesting to see all the environments and. And yeah, the combat looks pretty dope. Looks like there's a lot of different like just craziness going on uh, just in the trailer. So
0: yeah, typical Indiana Jones style film. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I'm always hesitant now when I see Bethesda Game Studios on any title. But what gives me like confidence is the fact that it's done by Machine Games. And as you mentioned, it's Wolfenstein that they've done. And they've also worked on Quake 2, believe it or not. So see, I see. Yes, sir. So it can be uh, it'd be pretty good because they're well established and they're award winning. So, I mean, right, yeah. Bethesda's award winning too, so that doesn't really mean it's going to be great, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little bit more promising than just Bethesda on its own.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the, yeah, the, there was a nice little piece on it in the developer direct kind of talked about the game. Um, it does take place with it. I forget which movies it takes place in between, but it actually does take place in the storyline at some point. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see that. I do kind of where they're trying to place it uh, throughout the lore. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I I'm very interested to check out more, and I think it's uh, uh, you know, like you said, with Bethesda games, you are know, cautiously optimistic. But I think, yes. uh, I I think I don't know. It's it's definitely something I'm gonna check out because it'll be day one Game Pass, so definitely gonna be a download for me and gonna be uh playing it. Also, be downloading the dog's energy so I could use it. You know.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know what he's doing right now. <laughs> he's got me nervous, but I hear it. <laughs> I think he recently found out he can get underneath the bed, so I think he might be under there. There's nothing down there though, so it's it's fine. Nice,
1: um, Yeah, uh there wasn't too much else uh that they discussed, I think, at the Alper Direct. It was a nice kind of forty five minute in-depth um showcase of kind of a few studios and what they're working on and I like stuff like this. I, I This is something that's like, obviously I feel like if this was at like a main showcase, a lot of people would probably complain about like, oh, you're getting too in depth on games. But I think it's what this yeah. is perfect for, right? When I want to hear more about games and see studios yeah, and how they work, it's it's cool.
0: Yeah, de- developer direct. That's a good thing. Yeah. With the developers coming forward and they're actually like, this is the behind the scenes like culture of our studio and this is how we're making the game. Those are always really fascinating. Because yep. it kind of like, I feel like it um, It adds a little bit more context for people as consumers, but it can also really interest young people that don't know what they want to do with their career path. And maybe they're like, you're in high school and you see something like that, and you're like, oh my gosh, they're rendering and creating whatever they want. Like, look at how crazy that character is. Yeah. And that can ins- like inspire people to go into game development. Yeah. Which is really yeah, cool, too.
1: That's true. But then you also hear the horrors
0: of game development,
1: which, and you know, what we've been talking yes. about recently, there's like, you know, it, it, it can get kind of crazy but like just the long hours really it's like you get like uh, <laughs> long, like a developers and I granted a lot of people you know they love what they do obviously so it's not a huge deal but right but even then like it, you know even if you love what you're doing too much of it to a certain point can be like oh i need to chill out so it's kind well, like it of like burnout's a real thing yeah yeah <laughs> no matter what but yeah it can be interesting though hey if you like creating stuff you know, like uh making an impact create smart. that is video games you know what i'm saying
0: that's a fact. You know what? If you're also a content creator,
1: you hey. can use
0: a new hardware device. So, hey. AverMedia. I was so excited about that segue. Let me just pat myself on the back real quick now. Um, so, this next article is from Game Rant, and it is Anthony Taramina. Taromina. Hopefully, I uh, pronounced the name correctly. It's posted about a week ago, and Game Rant's hardware reviews. So, he went ahead and reviewed the Avermedia Live Gamer Ultra 2.1 and the 4K PCIe capture cards for the review. So, Avermedia is one of the first to deliver an HDMI 2.1 external capture card that meets the promise of high frame rates and resolutions with no downside. So, while most video game t- capture technology has reached a certain level of parity, there are still a few front runners or frontiers left for leaders in the space to aim for. For some, it's a display port capture, but most content creators have been waiting for the capture card that supports HDMI 2.1 in order to get the most of the current gen gameplay experience, regardless of whether they are in PC or console. Avermedia is the first to answer that call to the Live Gamer Ultra 2.1 external USB-C capture card. And just recently, the company has also announced an Avermedia Live Gamer 4K 2.1, a PCIe HDMI 2.1 capture card. So I just hit people with a lot of nomenclature. Let me dumb it down for you. HDMI 2.1 is essentially what your Xbox Series X needs, I think the Series S as well, and the PS5 needs to get like 4K uh, high resolution, and high frame rates on monitors and TVs. If you don't have an HDMI 2.1 on your monitor or TV, you're kind of limiting yourself to what kind of quality you can get from your console. Do you think that's like a a pretty accurate description, Kyle? I like that. So between the two capture cards, you have one that connects through USB, which is the external capture card. That's the Live Gamer Ultra 2.1 external USB-C capture card. And then the other one is the one that goes in the slot in your motherboard, in the other slot of where your like GPU would go, yep. your PCIe slot. And that will use a 4K pass-through 2.1 capture card. I actually have a 4K capture card. Um, it's not a HDMI 2.1. It is the Avermedia Live Gamer 4K. It's like, I, I forgot the exact, maybe it's model number 513. Uh, I got it like th- four years ago now. And it's similar to the Elgato one. It has better performance in a lot of different categories. However, it costs a little bit more. So Avermedia is a good, like I'll I'll brag on them, like I use their stuff all the time. I think they're a good product when you can get it on sale. Yeah. Because it's diminishing returns if you get it at full price. When they drop the sale, which they do often, and it becomes about equal to uh, like Elgato, they have capture cards or they have uh, webcams as well. When they become equal to like Logitech, like or that type type of equivalent, that's when you should get it. You shouldn't get it when they're overpriced. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, I like the opinion. Do you have any Do you have any experience with Avermedia? other no, than what I mean, I've I... said to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, I don't know. I've I've been mostly Elgato whenever I've been like capturing gameplay. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't. It's interesting, especially from consoles and stuff. I don't do much like, I mean, one I don't really like stream much. If I'm like recording stuff, it's really mainly on my PC, so it's like I'm yeah. just using OBS. But, but I mean, I do still have my Elgato. I actually have a PCIe Elgato. Um, I think it's just a 1080 card. I don't think it's a 4K card or anything. But um, but yeah, I mean, I've had I've had that you know PCIe Elgato card now for I don't know two or three years, something like that. Probably three, maybe four. A little while. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh i have that i mean every time i need if i ever need to record console stuff which i'm sure at some point i probably will be either whether it's for streaming or recording stuff i probably will still be u- utilizing that i mean i don't know i have no desire to really record like 4k stuff at the moment um i'm sure that will change but but yeah i mean i but it is really cool and interesting to see kind of not only what ogata is doing but also what everybody media is doing in the space just pushing further yes. along you know so it's all yeah, fascinating I, I, to me
0: yeah, I think this might be the last forefront that people need to get to because you're only really going to have top of the line content creators that really need this. Everything yeah. else is more of like if, if like I got it because I wanted to record in 4K or I wanted to be able to stream in 4K. And I thought to myself, I was like, well, let's just future proof everything. <laughs> let's go a little bit over the top. Um, you don't really need to do that, though. Like they're saying, there's still people waiting on DisplayPort capture that really helps out with streamers that want to do a pass through display port so they can capture directly from like a gaming PC and then have a streaming PC or a recording PC. But the thing is, is like we're getting to the point where you don't need a two PC setup. So that kind of destroys the idea of having these types of capture cards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair point, right? Um, I think HDMI, like it's so weird because HDMI was so behind like refresh rates and all that. Now they've caught yeah. up, so it's like yeah, I think it's it's good for you know stuff like this, so you don't have to worry about using DisplayPort. But eventually, you know, get to a point where it's kind of you know. I feel like most graphics cards, I know, you know, mine's still mostly DisplayPort. Um, but I don't know if that's changing or not. But, but um, yeah. but yeah, it's you know HDMI is caught up at this point, so it's interesting to see kind of you know more devices utilize it. And yeah, for Xbox, it's interesting too, right? Because obviously they don't want to, I mean they. You know, they, it's more convenient, certainly, I think, and to just use HDMI rather than, you know, trying to have people adopt DisplayPort on consoles. Um, So it, it made sense
0: for HDMI to catch up. So now. It's very true, yeah. At that point now. So, yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah, so I actually... um, The first part of the article, the first, like, three paragraphs, I essentially summed it up by giving the breakdown of what the different capture cards are. Let's jump into the second section where it says... Uh, why are HDMI 2.1 capture cards so important? So I'll read this and then we'll jump down to the specs. Now, the big question of why HDMI 2.1 is so important comes down to the output of the current generation of consoles, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and graphics cards and input on TVs. On the outside, these new gaming devices are capable of delivering up to 4K 120 Hertz for consoles or 4K 240 Hertz for the PC video signals which is a big ask for pass-through. No kidding, you degrade massively with pass-through. So some captured devices could meet some of these expectations, but there are always shortcomings or two where the consoles were concerned. Without HDMI 2.1, the capture device couldn't hit both 4K 120 Hertz and HDR, which is key if you wanna actually enjoy the graphics on the games and support VRR on the pass-through side. Creators needed to accept a lower visual experience on their end, even though the most they could output to the average streaming platform was 1080p 60 Hertz or 1440p on some platforms. 1440p basically being YouTube, unless you're in another country and you're speaking another language and you're using another platform that's outside (laughs) the US. So let's just go ahead and jump down into the stats or the specs. So this is gonna be from the internal Uh, capture card, the Live Gamer Ultra 2.1, the one that goes into your PCIe slot. It has a max pass-through of 2160, 144 HDR or VRR or a 1440p 144, we're talking frames basically, or hertz. um, HDR, VRR. These are crazy numbers, by the way. (laughs) Um, This is a pass-through. Insane. So 1080p 240 hertz um, HDR VRR. Just assume everything is HDR VRR. If you're doing 1440p, you're going to hit 244 as well. If you do 1080p, you can actually get to 360. Utilize. That's pretty nuts for a passer. Nutty.
1: You can go through 360. I mean. Crazy. 360. That's like the the next jump. I feel like right now. So it's pretty. pretty I, I cool. think so
0: too. Yeah. In terms of like frames per second, I think it, it's all going to be about. 1080p and as high the frames you could possibly get for monitors, yeah. that's basically the future. It's insane. Oh, this is quite an interesting take. Let's read this. So why do some prefer PCIe capture cards? So why do some people prefer the internal capture cards? Although at one point a PCIe capture card was preferred for its lower latency and faster data transfer rates, companies like AverMedia have balanced out the differences thanks to USB 3.0. Now it all comes down to a personal preference whether you want the PCIe slot or the USB capture card. Obviously, the biggest benefit is not having to worry about having a available USB 3.0 port and plugging the capture card directly into the PC, which is worth it for a lot of people. Not having to pro- to provide external power or deal with the extra cables beyond the HDMI 2.1 input and output is also the reasons that someone might prefer a PCIe card. I'm exactly the same way, and not only that, but I'm sure this card has RGB. And one of the cool things, side note about evermedia, I bought their capture card, the 4K, and then I posted to Twitter and they only had like a couple of options. They had like, for, for, the, for the LEDs, right? They had like the rainbow like rotating and it was always really, really fast and they had yeah. solid color. And the colors were very limited and I like messaged them, just like, dude, if you have RGB, and all the rainbows, that means you have all the color palettes you need to get whatever color you want. I was like, yeah. can we try something different? Like maybe do pulsing. Maybe they're just like, don't worry, it's coming. And then, like, literally a, a month later, they sent an update. You download the update and it'll allow you to customize it any way you want. It's <laughs> pretty so sick. So now I have it like, it's Thanks. so sick. It's like, I have it matching the rest of my gear inside my case. It's a, uh, that's not really, that's kind of a niche thing for a lot of people. So, yeah. yeah.
1: I, that's pretty cool uh, though. Fact fact, they were just kind of on that already.
0: Yeah. So the, uh, let's get into the other one. So the Live Gamer 4K 2.1 specs. Now, oh, did I? I didn't skip. They have the formatting so similar that I thought I messed it up. My bad. <laughs> so this is the one that's going to be the USB. Now, this is the max. Let's see if it's actually the same. I, I want to. Okay, so we have a little bit more of a range in the resolution, looks like. Yeah, yeah, it does. So the resolution is slightly different. So the max pass-through is 2160 with 144 hertz, or the other resolution is three, 3440 by 1440p at 120 hertz, or 1440p standard 240 hertz, or standard 1080p by 360. So the, pretty much, pretty similar. Um, the HDMI 2.1 capture card generation is here and there. Uh, is something to be said for Media being the first one out the gate. Without any noticeable hiccups in the design or capability of the software like OBS, the Live Gamer Ultra 2.1 is currently the external capture card to beat for content creators. Admittedly, the value of HDMI 2.1 correlates to higher-end tech, but that tech is now becoming more and more ubiquitous. Uh, Where it felt like a luxury to even have an HDMI 2.1 port on a TV, they are now becoming standard, which is freaking awesome. Yeah, anyways... Probably the number one complaint people are going to have. It's the only one on the market that you can possibly get that I know of. I'm sure there's other people that have actually made one earlier than this, but on a main manufacturing scale that you can get readily available, yep. it is expensive. That is what I was talking about at the beginning with Ubermedia. If they have, in my opinion, they have the best hardware you can get. They have an active software that's very, very helpful. But the problem they have is the price. The price is a lot, and they go on sale frequently, so you can check that out. And if you're wondering, how much is the price? So it's $300 for the Avro Media Live Gamer Ultra 2.1, and then it's $270 for the Live Gamer 4K 2.1. Yikes. So the USB version, $300. And the one that goes in the PCIe slot, $270. And let me actually... I'll do a live look of the capture card that I currently have. This is the AverMedia GC573. It's a 4K capture card. It is not HDMI 2.1. It is $200 on the AverMedia website. Interesting, interesting. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to find the one for Amazon. At Walmart, it's $250. And... I don't actually see the one on... Oh, no, there it is. Here we go. Is on sale. It is 20% off $200. So, hmm. there you go. Yeah, okay. And then if you do the the Elgato equivalent, they're usually comparable prices. I think the 2.1 is the reason why this is a little bit more. And it's newer technology, so... Yep. Yeah, sure.
1: Hey, I give it to Media though. I'm trying to, you know... Push that market. Do do some interesting stuff and appeal to the more uh, higher end, you know?
0: Exactly. I I do want to say one last thing before we jump over and we actually go to some layoffs. Uh, Spoiler, that's the next article. Uh But what I do want to say is is the problem with Avermedia capture cards is they don't have like lower end resolutions and below 60 frames a second in terms of pass-through. I know this because I tried to use an original Xbox on my 4K capture card, and it would not work. I had to upscale the resolution and then use an EDID emulator to basically spoof that I had 60 frames per second when I do not. That's so, crazy. Those devices, I mean, I could actually get it done with the EDID emulator, and that was 20 bucks. So you can, extra 20 yeah. on a capture card that's 200 bucks. I think you can handle it.
1: That's, yeah, it's pretty nuts, I guess, but I guess it makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Weird, weird, weird. I think we talked about it. Uh, talk about what's going on in the industry that we talk about every week.
0: Yeah, unfortunately this is gonna be the trend. And I'm yeah, sad about it. For.
1: Listen, this is a pretty sizable article. I'm sure, I will cut it down a little bit. However, we gotta discuss the wired actually did this. Wired.com. Uh, you know I always every time I think of Wired I think of the Wired autocomplete interviews it's like hit series on YouTube you know you see it all over the place yeah same here yeah it's pretty crazy but uh, they wrote an article saying mass layoffs are causing big problems in the video games industry more than one third of video games developers are impacted by layoffs in 2023 according to a new survey AI automation looming the industry is facing an out an outflow of talent written by Megan do I even attempt the last name.
0: I actually don't even see the last Oh, it's wow. Okay. That's <laughs> a weird. Well, first of all, that's a weird last name. Uh, interesting.
1: It's very interesting.
0: Farakmanish? Farukmanish?
1: Farukmanish. I like, you know, it's not bad. I Megan Frukmanish. Say that. All right. All Hi, right, Megan. Listen. Gotta read your article. As games like Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake 2, Legend of Zelda Tears of The King Spider-Man 2, and so many more, Mark 2023 as a year of instant hits and commercial success. Developers were suffering. Playoffs rolled across the industry worldwide, knocking out a reported 60 or 650, 600? 600, what am I about to say? 6,500. 6,500. <laughs> 6, <laughs> 6,500 jobs. From studios like Amazon Games, Ubisoft, Epic Games, and Niantic. Roughly one-third of developers were affected either directly or indirectly by job losses in 2023, according to new data released today by organizers of the Gaming Developers Conference. And by today, this was actually, this came out on the 18th. We posted the episode on the 19th that we recorded on the 17th, so, so we just yeah. missed this article, but I feel like it feels good to cover this week. Um, yeah, because GDC was recently, and they always do um, They always do kind of polls to developers that come to the event, and, you know. Uh, yeah, it's like state just do, of
0: the industry almost. Yeah,
1: kinda, yeah pretty much. Um, so, each year, they run these polls uh, of two attendees to talk about issues facing the industry, from layoffs to generative AI to diversity efforts. For the current survey, they polled 3,000 developers from game studios large and small. The replies paint a concerning picture about long-term career sustainability within the game industry, a field that perhaps grew too quickly during the COVID-19 pandemic and is in the midst of rapid consolidation as well as be... Why am I blanking out bargaining? on this word? Burgeoning? Is that you saying?
0: Bur- bargaining? Bargaining? Burgeoning?
1: Burgeoning? Hold on. Burgeoning.
0: I... Hold on. burgeoning. Yeah, it's burgeoning. Burgeoning. Oh
1: my gosh. Like
0: yeah. Bugging out on
1: this word. Um, Unionization efforts. Talk about unionizing. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. <laughs> According to the survey conducted in October 2023, 35% developers were either laid off or had colleagues laid off at their companies. Of these layoffs, it was quality assurance workers who seemed to have been most impacted. Twenty-two percent of QA workers said they had been laid off in the last year. Only seven percent of developers overall reported losing their job. Perhaps unsurprisingly, it's quality insurance workers who have been leading, to union, leading the union charge at companies like Activision Blizzard. Developers also expressed uh, apprehension that their companies could lay off; that they could have layoffs within the next year. With fifty-six percent of respondents declaring some level of worry about future cuts. "Quote: The layoffs are concerning because they don't seem to be following the typical." S- a cyclical trend, <laughs> I like these words, a cyclical trend of layoffs um, around a project, um, around a project ships. Said one responded, not that that was great either, but it's hard to predict these days when and where layoffs might happen. Many developers have believed the reason behind the industry's mass layoffs is pandemic related. Studios uh, ballooned in headcount and are now facing harsh realities as people spend their money elsewhere. I see it as a uh, correction now that revenue is back to more normal levels post-pandemic, said one respondent. Another deemed it as a, quote, reality of doing business and charging uh, and changing markets. Job security can lead to big problems for developers that, just, that are just finding new work. Developers uh, on work visas face the threat of deportation and losing their lives they've built abroad. For others, it keeps them from seeking out jobs uh, with healthier environments. Um, quote, I feel forced to stay in a toxic environment. That's never good, you know what I'm saying? That's unfortunate. Yeah, that's tragic. Um... Yeah, crazy. For smaller studios looking to survive, the industry's rush towards consolidation may offer some solace. According to a developer at, quote, a small company just trying to make ends meet, there is an allure in making oneself desirable for acquisition. It alleviates some of the pressures caused by financial burdens. Developers are still split on the impact of consolidation at large. However, 43% believe it will negatively affect the game industry. 2023? Yeah. Embracer Group came the poster child for the struggles of acquisitions. After gobbling up studios such as Gearbox Software and Crystal Dynamics, the company caught hundreds of jobs last year to strunch the financial bleeding. To stanch the financial bleeding. It's closed other studios like Saintsware developer Volition entirely. Once a huge publica- publicly traded company buys up large swaths of an industry, said one developer about Embracer's fumbles. It will inevitably end up creating a redundancies and in placing innovation or exploratory studios in a position where they've never been seen to been seen as profitable enough for shareholders. For shareholders. The game industry, as it exists today, is a difficult one to stay in long term. According to GDC survey, 50 per six, 56% of developers have been involved in games for 10 years or less. Of uh, those with longer tenures, 87% are men, 92% of those are white. Inst- instability within the games industry continues to feel support for unionization. The GDC found that 57% of developers are in support, a number that's up from 53% last year, used to be extremely anti-union, as it felt it would adversely impact any industry reliant on flexibility and innovation to continue to thrive and grow, one developer said. I still mostly feel this way, but the large-scale layoffs are making me rethink my otherwise confident stance. Take a pause right there. Yeah I shotgun a lot of words, a lot of paragraphs here. But yeah, this is kind of the uh I think this is where kind of a lot of devs are seem to be heading. Especially, you know, from just go to GDC and not voicing their opinion. But um yeah, it's uh I think too, like we've talked about it. It's obviously I think pandemic had a huge role in kind of these consolidations and why we're seeing so many layoffs yeah. now. And we hope it slows down, but uh, we have another article coming up soon that may say otherwise. So <laughs> we'll get to that when yeah. we get to that. But what do you think so far mike do you do you agree with kind of what people are saying you think
0: well it's not really about agreeing with them right it's it's the overall survey of what they're seeing in their own studios so it's kind of like a self-report in a way not like in a a negative aspect but just like hey this is what we're seeing from our point of view and then you start saying it's like oh wow it's actually like that's a large percentage of people that are saying that there are issues on the way and i think it's kind of true like The economy changed very drastically in less than a year. Interest rates soared up like worldwide. Um, and pretty much everybody overhired the last like two years, probably. So when interest rates go up, you start losing extra money. And then they're like, you know what? What's our biggest cost? Oh, it's, uh, it's the new hires that we just got. Okay. Well, (laughs) we might need to make some sacrifices to people that are either new or maybe their salary is higher than they would like it to be. They feel like they can fulfill that role with a cheaper, um, employer employee i don't know what's your take
1: yeah yeah i mean i think it's a fair assumption i it's um yeah i think it's certainly you know calls for concern i know the article too talks about you know the increasing use of ai and how you know that's certainly brought some doubt in. and yeah and i and i would agree i mean especially in something like this you hear developers utilizing ai and it's kind of just like it's you know I, i think it's you know it'd be nice to have some regulation in place um something like that and it seems like even like you know i think it was like, what well, we were discussing like sag after was saying like oh we agreed to this this and this and then I watched developer's like uh no we didn't <laughs> so yeah it was like so, the
0: voice actors yeah sag after yeah. basically saying that it's okay that ai starts taking over like i don't even really know why they would agree to that in the first place unless they got paid off yeah because so it's so against their own interest to agree to it
1: yeah for real. So I mean, yeah, we see stuff with that too. Like you see, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how kind of AI is treated, but, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. I think it's kind of confirming of some of our you know beliefs and assumptions about why we think all these layoffs are happening. We're kind of getting more of an insight as to what's going on. Um. So yeah, and it's, you know, it's just it's become more and more of an unfortunate reality. So um, and you know that uh more or less Mike leads into the uh <laughs> to our next article because kind of discusses
0: a little bit further. Oh yeah, you wanna? Jeez, I... it's so sad. I don't like covering these types of stories. You know, it's just like yeah. Same. But it, it's a matter of the fact that it's happening, and it's not. I think it's happening more extremely these layoffs in the tech industry than it is in any other industry right now. Maybe real estate, but real estate the real estate agents are kind of self employed in a way. So it's just people leaving their industry. It's not like they're getting laid off. It's like, hey, I I gotta eat, so I gotta go get a job. Uh, That's, yeah. All right, let's get into this one. This one actually comes from VideoGameChronicle.com. It is Tom Ivan, who we've covered several times on the show. So the title of the article is, Game Industry Leader Predicts 2024 Will Be, and in quotes, the year of closures. There are just too many unprofitable businesses in video games. I think that is accurate. I think that's very accurate. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, just to think just to name a few before we get into it, I'm sure sure is gonna mention it. it's like Twitch is doing layoffs. Um, like content creation in general, esports teams are basically going defunct. The orgs, they never had money in the first place. A lot of leagues are shutting down as well. It's it's tragic, I think. It's a bubble and it's all popping. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah, so game industry leaders have suggested that widespread job losses across the market last year will continue throughout 2024 and likely stretch into next year too. So this could be a two-year issue, maybe longer, who knows. So game developer Farhan Noor, who has been tracking job cuts back to the start of 2023 on videogamelayoffs.com, estimates that around 10... yeah, that's... I don't want to go to that website. it's going to be me sad. <laughs> but they estimate that around 10,500 game uh, industry employees were laid off last year. That's a lot of people. Probably worldwide, though, so I guess that's okay. Eh, not as bad. In um, less than a month into 2024, some 3,000 planned job cuts are already thought to have been confirmed. Speaking to game industry biz anonymously, senior industry figures warned that more tough times are in store for the market due to continued high interest rates and overabundance of new releases and cautious investors that's a big one because these companies might not be profitable and they need investors hard to get those if they're not willing to basically take the risk <laughs> yeah so according to one ceo of public of a public company if 2023 was the year of layoffs 2024 will be the year of closures not just developers, but publishers. Media service companies. I'm predicting Ubisoft. Remember I said that last year? They're in Which, dire straits, man. Oh,
1: man. You know, it's so crazy, too. Because I did not think about this until I heard this in a video recently I was watching. But it's like, Ubisoft going under is more scarier to me, given the context of the services that they have, whether you play platform, and a lot of their games that... Yeah, it, like a lot of these servers too, where they host like their games, and you have these subscription services, and you have like all this stuff, and you have these digitally licensed, you know, games. Where it's like, are you gonna have access to that if Ubisoft shuts down? I didn't think about that until
0: like I just heard about it in the video. No. I was like, that's a good point. Like, are we even gonna have access to that stuff if Ubisoft shuts down? I, I don't think so, because they're trying to get away from hard copies, and nowadays you have to be like use your games and be connected to the internet to connect to a server to verify that you own it. Yeah. And I have
1: games in my so, library on Ubisoft too, right? Like Assassin's Creed games and stuff that's digital only. And it's like, I may, not, I may just lose all that. <laughs> a lot of people might just lose their libraries, you know?
0: It sucks. You seriously might. I basically lost my um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag uh, save because I couldn't get into one of the Ubisoft accounts or something. Something me- like yeah. messed up between Uplay and Ubisoft Plus or whatever the heck it's all on. It's like, dude, I, dude, dude. you're making such a hassle. I don't dude. even want to play a game.
1: It's just ridiculous to me, man. I don't know. It's, uh,
0: hey, I, don't know.
1: it's, uh, it's I don't know. It's kind of a sign note, but that was, that was kind of scary when I thought about it. It's like, my might yeah. lose a library.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think it's justified. Oh, geez. All right. So where am I at? All right. There are just too many unprofitable businesses in video games, the CEO of the public company said. <laughs> We're looking at up to two years of pain. Pain. One publisher boss. Who knows what boss means? Studio head, stuff <laughs> like that. Director. Um, Too many games were greenlit in 2020 and 2021. We need to get the pre-pandemic levels in terms of release schedules. That's probably going to take two years. I want to know who that is because (laughs) I have a video game draft coming up and whatever studio he's a part of, I am taking the over if it releases in 2024 (laughs) because that basically says our games aren't going to be coming.
1: (laughs) Just letting you know.
0: (laughs) All right. He continues. Or they continue. We don't know if it's the So they continue. You can already see publishers uh, signing fewer games. That's happening everywhere. The stores are saturated, not just Steam, and the games just aren't delivering the levels they were. That's a fact. A lot so of much too. garbage is out there, dude. Yep, It's true. Just Still money true. grabs. A lot of money grabs. Uh, the latest GDC State of Game Industry Survey found that Around a third of developers were impacted by layoffs at their workplace over the 12 months and in 2023. That's what we just covered. And it was asked how uh, concerned they were about layoffs over the following 12 months to October 2024. 14% of 3,000 respondents said they were very concerned. 16% said they were somewhat concerned. And 26% said they were slightly concerned. But do you want to do some math real quick? 26 plus 14, what's that? 40? That's 40 right there, so 40. plus another 16%. That's 56. So 56% of 3,000 plus surveyed said they are essentially concerned right now. Essentially. That is, <laughs> that is not a good idea. <laughs> a couple of quote, quotes is uh, this one actually comes from one of the respondents. It says, yeah, studios grew. Too quickly during the pandemic, and people are spending less money on games during a cost of living crisis, which is very true. Everything's gone up in price right now. Sure. Sorry, I'm at the bottom of the article. <laughs> um For the viewers, there, one respondent said, "And the bubble is sadly bursting. I hope it creates a new startups that revolutionize how we develop games and sets a precedent for larger studios to follow." That is what's been happening, I think, for the better part of ten years. I hope so, man. I think. I think. I think the small, if you want to see, if you want a new experience, you need to go find a small studio. Maybe it's a AAA studio, but it's small. They're taking chances. They're relatively new. Or it's just, honestly, like an indie dev that's building stuff out of their basement or a garage like it's freaking Apple <laughs> in the 80s yeah. or 70s or whenever they yeah. made Apple.
1: They um, like said with Aura, that's the thing. They started in a basement, now they're a studio, and here we are making a history game popping off
0: or in the blind forest rocket league like come on dude there are really good games that come out of small studios and that needs to stay as is and these AAA studios they don't take risk anymore man they just go ahead and they like find the any small devs and they're like you know what This is a good idea let's take it and then all of a sudden people are like oh yeah that's really awesome like a good example of this arma 3 battle royale that's a mod that people started and they got really excited about and then PUBG came or Daisy came and then Fortnite. Now everybody's got freaking Battle Royale. Yeah. It's like that started because of like a couple of nerds modded a game. Yeah. That's what and it now, was.
1: And now it's like we're past the BR trend, right? <laughs> it's kind of just yeah. like, yeah, we're,
0: yeah, we're gone. And now people are trying it. to jump on and nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> we it's moved like, on.
1: Yeah. I will also say the related content is very depressing for this article because obviously it's related to layoffs after recently. We're talking yeah. one day ago, Riot confirms 530 layoffs. Yeah, we didn't true. even cover that story, but that was that was something that happened this week. Right? Did layoffs? Yep. Embracers, Gothic, and Elix Studio, uh, Piranha Bytes is reporting is reportedly facing closure. Um, Lords the Fallen publisher CI Games is laying off ten percent of its employees, and there was reported layoffs at the Dead by Daylight studio, Behavior Interactive. There's just a lot going on across a lot of these studios. Um, every week, there's something, <laughs> and it's 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 just unfortunately just it's been that way. I feel like for a while, so.
0: It's not good. It's really not good. Yeah, it's not good.
1: Not good at all. But yeah, I mean, to this article, um, you know, obviously they're anonymous sources, but I mean, you know, if they are who they say they are, then hey. Yeah, this is just some like, I mean, we talk we about Tom Ivan. I, I'm not sitting here and saying Tom Ivan would make up stuff for, for clicks, but this is a, this is, you know, it's interesting takes, but I, I think, you know, if he's talking to people, if they're talking to people that know what they're um, know what they're doing, then yeah, it's um, I think it could be believable,
0: right? So, yeah, yeah, I, I think all of this is believable. I mean, just the the trend that's been happening right now, where layoffs after layoffs after layoffs in the tech industry, not just video games, and it's it's getting worse. I think. I mean, like outside of the video game industry, I've been seeing a buttload of used car dealerships go out of business. Things are closing down, like you know Vroom. Oh Vroom, yeah, the yeah. website. Yeah, they're gone they closed yep, yep. Like, yeah. yeah i heard um
1: i want to say i want to say maybe carvana had
0: struggles i don't know if they closed oh or carvana or... is like on the verge of death yeah yeah it's pretty yeah. bad it's not, it's not it's not looking good for carvana either. they do and...
1: <laughs> this is a side note too but like it's so funny because my dad um a couple years back when or like a few years back when he got his like most recent car he got it through carvana and like it was smooth up until the point where he had to deal with like license plate stuff and, dude, it was mm-hmm. bad. Like, it was like weeks where like, he was you just struggling get to get like his anyone. registration. So, like, he was like yep. struggling to get that done for weeks. <laughs> and it was like a huge hassle. And there was a lot of paperwork yeah. stuff they just weren't messing up on. <laughs> it's just like, I no oh, wonder yeah. they're going under. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. That was, that was like, I saw a whole documentary about it and how bad Carvana is. Like, in yeah. terms of concept, it's a really good idea, but they. Terrible execution, yeah, and real. yeah, there's you can you can go down a rabbit hole of why they're not a functional company and why it might be better off that they don't exist.
1: Yeah, so we already have what yeah. CarMax.
0: CarMax is probably our CarMax, dude. <laughs> oh, they are struggling too. Don't get me started on CarMax. They are overpricing all of their vehicles, mm-hmm. and that is the largest used car dealership in the United States, maybe is. all of North America, and th- they can't sell cars. <laughs> like, because they, they remember when everybody's uh, used car went through the freaking roof yep. because they weren't be, being able to build any of the chips for yeah. the cars. Yeah, the chips. So, weren't. yeah, and now they just have a whole bunch of used cars sitting in their lot. Every single car max you go by, so it's gonna be full.
1: I, I, you know, with three words, all I have to say is, in this economy, that's the, that's been a running joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just like yeah. it's wild, man. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I got I got a couple opinions about the economy. Um. If you're investing we and you have man. invested, it is great. But listen,
1: we're uh we're just excited to hear. We're gonna watch E2. It's gonna be a nice little <laughs> side project where it's all economics, and I know nothing about it, so it's pretty and you just much like listen show. to me. It's yeah,
0: just me up here ranting. <laughs> The student loan debt, the credit card debt—that's <laughs> <laughs> what it'll be like. All well, the
1: charts, it's just—it's just an hour of just charts it's, flooding this. Oh,
0: it, it'll be me from like Always Sunny. What's the name of the guy? Where he's like, yeah, he's like look like, at the
1: Always there? like the like conspiracy theorists. He's um,
0: Yeah, conspiracy. They're it's faking all, it. It's all good That's what it's gonna be. It's just like it's all credit card debt. They're faking it. They're seven hundred dollar <laughs> monthly payments, dude. It's crazy. That's all they it's act like be, they man. own it. Uh, they act so like fun. they own it, yeah. <laughs> and then they show up with their fake Rolex and they look down on me, man. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, two so podcast coming uh, soon. E2 Podcast. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe uh, uh,
1: make the Twitter show. Um but look, this is the thing we we talk about layouts and everything. However, I I think I I think we are fortunate enough to live in a time where we still get games that release and just explode. And uh, yes, one of those and the most recent example of this is Power World, which we discussed. You know, I've been playing a lot of it. Um, it's kind of you know I almost spend too much time on this. I just want to kind of go through a little bit of the timeline, give a little kind of stats, one on. I think. Uh, like there's a lot of like controversy surrounding this game. I like I won't get too much into that. I mean, obviously with its relationship to Pokemon and kind of how that's all going, there's been a lot of divisive opinions across the internet. Um, you have dogs just tuckered out, just like chilling. He could be a pal. I don't know what his name would be, but chilling, dude. Anyway, what? um, but yeah. So, Pal World. It's, you know, what, what we were all talking about. I heard some people saying, like, oh, this is a total shock, surprise release. We didn't know about it, but it's like, well, they, oh, they talked what? about it. We definitely summer. knew yeah, about like, it, yeah. They talked about it at Summer Games Fest. It was, you yeah, know, they had a trailer. It wasn't amazing, which, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to do that well, just because I didn't know much about the game. But, like, after obviously playing the game and hearing about it, and there's there's still a lot yeah. of people who are playing it. Um, And so, yeah it's it, they call it like the first big surprise hit i will say it's a surprise in the fact that we didn't realize it was going to be as big as it
0: was i don't think anyone did um, no 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 i yeah i think it's been i think it's under the radar so surprise hit yeah that makes yeah, sense that, but, yeah i think that yeah. makes sense um I, I think you know we'll say
1: i you know it's always it's always weird because like whenever we have those droughts of just something that's not like you know we don't have like a huge release or a huge game yeah i always i often think back to like I wonder if we're going to get another game where it's just, like, going to take over. And, like, and I... I think we found it. And and this is it. Like, Power World is literally that game. I mean, we're talking about... Yeah. We're talking about over 8 million in Steam sales, like, alone, just in the first 6, 7 days. Like, it's it's insane. It's, it's incredible. Um, it's hit, like, crazy milestones. We're talking about peak player counts that are higher than, like, Counter-Strike 2 and Dota 2 on Steam. Um, it's, like, second all-time, second to PUBG, which a game like PUBG, I i don't know it's it's gonna be kind of hard to top like what over three million or something like that concurrent at one point yeah i mean that that
0: huge one more thing about the steam charts because we're going to get into it it's in this article uh the numbers that they're showing are very very impressive like for sure but the one thing that they actually exclude is this game is on game pass and it's on console yeah how many people like i'm just gonna look up real quick xbox most played games Let's see. Oh, it's it's, it's, it's topping game. the chart.
1: I'm telling you right now. It's got. It's. It, let's <laughs> find
0: out. Let's find out. Like, it's, it's definitely right gonna now. be topping those charts. I don't know. I pulled it up. Fortnite's on it now. I don't know how often they update this. It might be weekly. It might be monthly. But let me just go ahead and Google Power Roll. So it's not even okay. So it's not on the most game, the most play games yet. Which means that Xbox must have some type of criteria where you is have it, to. Is it on uh, for a while?
1: Is it on console or is it PC only?
0: Is it might am, am I crazy? I feel like it was PC only. I don't know if it had an Xbox No, no, release. no, 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 no. Nope. It is. It is on it is on a lot of consoles, my man. It no, it's on Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and S. Now it's in early access, so maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. it's not on console yet. I stand corrected. Um
1: just as I stand corrected.
0: No. No, it's it's in. It should be on console right now.
1: Just as I stand corrected about this, because in part of this article, they talk about Power World's announcement trailer was in 2021. Did you see that trailer, Mike? Because I don't remember seeing that trailer in <laughs> 2021.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it was 2021. I know that we've actually shown it on this podcast yeah, before. Yeah, we showed it in Summer Games Fest
1: last year because they did have a small trailer yeah. Summer Games Fest. That was, I feel like, the first time I had heard of it, I think. I was trying to remember if I had seen it before then. Um I don't know. I think last year was the
0: last time I, it was the first time I saw it, I think. Um, Yeah, I I remember knocking the game though, thinking that it wasn't going to be good because it just looked like an unfinished product that looked kind of like a knockoff.
1: So, (laughs) like
0: everybody's saying, it's like it's a knockoff, uh, like Pokemon with guns, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, like, you know, It definitely has, it definitely pulled inspiration, probably putting it lightly, but, I mean, there's there's definitely, I mean, look, it's, at the end of the day, the core mechanics in it, I think it's such a solid foundation, and it's something that, and it's something a lot of people, too, I think agree with, like, it's what Pokemon, like, should be at this point, I feel like, and it's kind of, and Pokemon just isn't there, right? Like, we get these new releases from, you know, Game Freak, and it's like, they're just three, they're super buggy on release, or there's not, there's content just not quite there. Um, however, there's a lot of themes in Power World too that just couldn't you couldn't put in Pokemon. Like you cannot put guns in Pokemon. Like that's just ridiculous. Like that's, that's just such a shame. It would not <laughs> <wouldn't> <laughs> work. And you see, this is what happens though when you come up with these crazy ideas of something that's kind of like that. Um, and so yeah, it, it, there's like you know. Um, so, Powell, there was an article, too, I think it was yesterday at the time I recorded this, was posted, it was on a Tuesday, but Powell's is coming for the kneecaps of, the mo- of Steam's most popular games. With the days of its early access launch, it has sold 6 million copies, that's 7 million now, I think, close to 8. Um, yeah. Rocket at the top of the Steam current players list. Um, it is, um, it can add another milestone, it amassed 1.8 million players that beat Counter-Strike's all-time peak player count. Um, Funnily enough, Power World's peak player count only barely edged on Counter Strike's all-time high by roughly fifty thousand players. Impressive numbers aside, Power World's got a tough row, um, a tough row to hoe if it hopes to uh ever beat reigning champion PUBG, which amassed uh, three point two million. <laughs> so, it's wild. But yeah, you see, they, they have a screenshot here, kind of showing the, the placement. Uh, it's pretty nuts. <laughs> Just like most played games, um, yeah, it's uh making like a name for itself for sure. Um. And then we also talk about if we talk, everyone's talk, Everyone's making the Pokemon comparison, like Everybody, right?
0: So, what does yes. a modder do?
1: He goes in and he adds the skins. <laughs> he adds all the skins for all like he has Ash. He's got Pikachu. He's got like a bunch of Pokemon skins. modded over the actual pal skin. Um, and sure enough, Nintendo like immediately was like, "All right, like oh, no. this is close to like you know it's already close enough. PAL World. Like we don't need the actual <laughs> intellectual property. We we'll, wove we'll it in." So, um, yeah. So yeah, there was a cease and desist, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Shortly oh, they got list. cooked. Uh, you yeah. know they got cooked. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo does not mess around. They'll ruin your life financially, for sure.
1: Yeah, they, they tend to do that. It's wild Nintendo, you know? They have amazing, evergreen, blue ocean content. But, like, yeah. the, second, the second you wrong them, you know, it's... I don't know, it's the evil side.
0: You know what's a, a good description that I agree with in terms of Kotaku? We don't agree with Kotaku all the time, right? But this description's pretty good. If someone tossed Minecraft Fortnite Pokemon and some AR-15s into a giant blender, that's yeah. what this game would be. It it's sure like, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, kinda. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's it's pretty accurate. I mean, look, it's a uh, it's a bit of a grind of a game too, which I talked about originally. It's like, you know, it takes a while to get stuff going, but but you know, if you have you have people to play with, it's a lot of fun. And I think you can like build up your bases, you can get your pals to work for you. Um, and like you know, help you Yeah. Some of the stuff I see we'll is hunt. wild. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, some like of the memes are pretty do. good. Uh, some of the memes yeah. are pretty good. But yeah, it's um, I don't know, man. It's a good game. I definitely need to continue to play it. I want to like um, I like I'm nowhere near end game yet, so it's mm-hmm. just one of those things I want to keep going and try experience as much as I can. But I already have a ton of hours synced in. Be sinking a ton of more in. So it's, yeah, uh, I'm
0: I'm gonna be looking forward to progressing into this game because I got a community that I'm in, the Halo Two community that I play with. They started a dedicated server. I'm definitely trying to get in that. Um, are you about to pull up well, gameplay I was going it?
1: To, well, no, I was going to pull up gameplay. There was something I wanted to discuss, like, towards the end. Because I know it oh, was okay. it was a well, comment that we mentioned before Um, we recorded. And it's like, wanted to talk about that, a touch on that. Because I, now I have the context. So,
0: Okay, um, well, while you look that up, I'm going to look up one more thing for Palworld before we move on to your topic. Yep. And if I could find the article as quickly as possible. Oh, my gosh. PETA's even upset about animal cruelty in a video game. Dude, shut up. <laughs> um, It's a fake game with fake problems that don't exist. Like, just let people play games. Let's,
1: Let's let people play games, Whatever. Too.
0: Whatever. Uh, let, let me see if I can find it. <sighs> Shoot, I actually can't. Because, well, this is a good problem to have. My algorithms actually fix... <laughs> in google news always sending me new stuff so it's an older article and it was basically talking about the updates that are going to be coming to power world and one of them being pvp oh yeah and yeah that makes it interesting because you know pvp is like you need to be like how does that work when your character stays in one world do you have to all join up in the same world and then build up your character or are they eventually going to make it so you can cross save Cause that'd be so sick if you can have like oh, yeah. all of your characters of one home server and then you just like grab all your stuff and then copy it over to another server and then you don't have to create a new character every time you start the game. Like every world being an individual save is kind of annoying, I yeah. Think.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the, it's, it's somebody I mentioned too. I mean, they definitely talked about that. they have a they already have like a working roadmap and they're like focusing on the critical bugs first and then yeah. they're going to be you know working on you know some improvements from there, but then eventually they want to add like the raid bosses, PvP, like a power arena so you can you know, PvP pals, um, but also just, like, working on new islands and new pals and kind of expanding that. So, I mean, there's, there's you know, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of hope that there's gonna be, you know, some long-term support for this, which is awesome, so.
0: I mean, you sell that many? 5 million? Yeah, better support a long-term. In three days? You better. Please. $26. And on Game Pass.
1: This is crazy for that studio, too, because, like, they have so much money and, like, resources now, it's like... Yeah. They could really go hard with this. And it's like this studio's whole, like, world changed overnight. <laughs> it's like, it's wild yeah. to think about. It's like now yeah. they just it's have insane. so
0: much. It's so insane. And they're basically going to be through a massive hiring process to try to, like, get the personnel to make things happen quickly. Yeah, for sure. And have essentially kind of like a life support, if you can, life service game.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, pretty much, yeah. And there's already updates. I mean, there, there's already been a few updates just the past few days of just, like, minor things. Cause like when I like first played, it was like there was kind of like there's like things that were kind of missing. I feel like, and they're already starting to kind of add those pieces in. Like some of the button mapping and stuff isn't quite there. Like I can't my interact key. I wasn't able to rebind for whatever reason. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> like yeah. it's just really strange stuff like that. So, I mean, I think they'll improve it, but yeah. Um, very interesting stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, so far what today. were you
0: about to were you about to show us before we? Oh well, yeah. Are... Are we finished up with Power World? Yeah, move on? I
1: think we're finished with Power World, but I just want to talk about, I, I saw, um, I saw so 4SHO, hope I say, hope I say your name right, 4SHO Gaming, um, actually left a comment recently on one of our segments uh, discussing Call of Duty's uh, Ricochet anti-cheat stuff and kind of, um, you know, what's going, down, what's going on with all that and how they're like still improving it. Um, he said, I would love to get your guys' thoughts on the um, Azeron controllers, um, seeing how you spoke of the keyboard and mouse versus controller debate in that segment. Oh, which we did. Which I, like, remember. I was, like, remembering. I was talking about that. But, yeah, I never heard of these until you had, like, brought it up. And I was, like, I was, like, what is that? And we looked it up. It's, like, the uh it's the controller where it's, like, every little micro-movement, almost to your fingers. <laughs> yeah, like, every, every finger input. has a movement. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Really, I, like, I didn't realize that's what they were called until, like, I'd seen them before. I just,
0: I didn't, like, connect it I, up, but, yeah. Well, the first time I saw them, I saw somebody actually using them and playing with it at an halo infinite land tournament last year or maybe the year before uh pretty insane to see they <laughs> keep yeah. in mind yeah halo is a console shooter mostly and people use gamepads and controllers so I, I don't know how i actually feel about it in terms of competitive play i don't i don't think it's something that i would support it's like i don't think it's a good idea to bring that into a tournament play because it's <laughs> such a niche product and it's very expensive Like $270, I think, is the price of, like, the average one. I think that's what it sent you in uh, the Amazon link I was able to find. (laughs) So, but I think from an ergonomic standpoint, like, let's say, or accessibility, like, if you only have one hand and you're trying to game, that might be, like, a very viable option for somebody. Yeah, You know, it's like, I, I think it's, I think there's a market for that. You need it, but I think it's a niche product. And there shouldn't be any type of like, because the context of this comment came from anti-cheat software. Yeah, and I don't think those types of devices would be used maliciously. I think okay. if people are going to use things maliciously, they're going to buy like a Cronus or a Zim stuff yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, it's a fair take. I will say the only the only thing I will say is, could you imagine if you get insanely good with something like this, and like every oh. single movement is just like barely have to put in effort right so if you just master the the very the, the minutiae of that of just like micro movements sure. I mean you could do a lot more much more quicker than someone you know using a controller or something like that I feel like that being said if you're in a high pressure yeah. situation I feel like most people if you're just like they would just mess up a lot because it's like you're just like you start like stuttering or like you're just like not like flocked in and so it's like you're just making a bunch of like you know you know <laughs> movements that you don't mean to yeah that's so, true but yeah I, th- But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think this control is really interesting. I mean, I, I think in terms of, like, a keyboard and mouse thing, I-, I-, I don't know, like, until this was, like, more widely used, it would probably have more of a use case to, like, base off of and, like, more, you know, out in the wild. It's kind of hard to say how it would, like, really factor into all that. Um Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, I think overall, like, I, I think it's cool, like, it's interesting to see, and I-, I think it'd be interesting to see more people use them, but is very like nuanced or like not nuanced but it's very niche <laughs> like to a point where we're just not seeing much of it.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I I don't even know how I would I would have to use it myself to determine if I felt like it was an unfair advantage.
1: Dude, could you imagine how long it takes to get used to though? Like I feel like it would take a while. Oh, it would be anyway.
0: it would be so foreign for yeah, sure. Like it, it took oh. me it took me a while just to get used to the bumpers on the PS4 DualSense controller that you can get, like the button pack. Wow. And then when I got uh, the Xbox Series Elite controller, well, it wasn't Xbox Series, it was an Xbox One Elite controller, because those have four paddles, Yeah. that took a while to get used to. Before, I would just path like all left to one button and all right to the other button. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. then I'm like, I use the Thrustmaster controller now, which is like little small buttons, and like with mouse click buttons and there's four of those guys and you can path and set different profiles. And it's like, dude, I, at one point I had two different profiles depending on the game and I would just literally swatch, like switch on and off. And this is when I was playing constantly for like shooters. <laughs> and, but yeah, you have to use them constantly to, to not get those mistakes that you're talking about accidentally and putting things at the wrong time and messing you up. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that thing, is insane looking. It looks like a spider is on your hand, you know? <laughs> yeah, it does. It really looks wild.
1: It yeah, it does look pretty crazy, but yeah, thank you for the comment. of 4sho Gaming, appreciate you. I think it's an interesting yeah. discussion, but uh, but yeah, it's something I didn't think about. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see if that will get more mainstream, but I feel like if it would, it'd be probably a while from now. Let's be honest. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I think that. Th- I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard to say, right? The, the, I think the main thing holding that back right now is price. It's got to be price. One, it's like, it's out of the box thinking, which is always cool to see in technology just in general. But if I can like $270 and I can get a mouse and keyboard for less than that together yeah. and it can be halfway decent, like, why would I buy that? You know?
1: Yeah. It's, it's a solid the point. advantage.
0: Another solid point. Yeah.
1: It's an interesting discussion. Also, that. Yeah.
0: We're all going to be VR in the future anyway. VR gloves doing this. That's, that's what's Like, crazy, Minority dude. Report, like... I'd see, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, it's just...
1: It's so crazy to think about. Like, we are we pro- we going... In fact, I don't even think we are. I know. And we're going to get to some point where it's like everything is, like, VR. And we're going to... It's going to get to a point where, where it's going to be, like, Black Mirror. We don't know what's real or fake. And it's going to oh, be dangerous. Here's,
0: <laughs> a take, to here's a hot take, dude. Here's a hot take. Everybody knows it now because it's mainstream. We're in a simulation. This is VR right now. That's what's going on. I'm not even here, dude.
1: That's, that's too in-depth for me. I think uh, I, I think after an hour and a half of a pod, it's like we're we're, we're getting yeah, crazy. We lose My it. mind's exploding. I can't we do lose it, it, dude. I can't do this philosophical yeah. conjecture, you know? <laughs>
0: that's fair. Well, that's a good segue for us to let the people go. For the people that are still sticking around and actually listening to us ramble. Um, it's always good to respond to some comments when we can and i think our episode is really just long because we were covering the new games coming out for this year just being excited you know
1: that's true yeah yeah i did add some extra
0: time to (laughs) them. yeah it certainly did uh yeah i guess without further ado a couple of things to always remind people and mention we do have an rss feed that we have booked and like set up and i know kyle you've been using it right yeah it's it's pretty valuable it it essentially grabs all of the websites that cover gaming industry related news and it's curated. I don't think I've seen anything in a while that's been like way off the book and outside of the gaming sphere. It's been like loosely affiliated at most. Oh, look at Kyle's show right now. It's uh for people that are just listening. It's We have two different links. One is for a web browser. The other one is for your, your phone and it scrolls almost like Infinitely, it feels yeah, like. Yeah. A minimum 25 posts of recent stuff. And that's where you're seeing the ticker as well. Uh during the episode of yeah. recent gaming news. But yeah, check that out. That's a good reason to join the Discord. See it. And everything that we've covered, links are in the description below in the tiny URLs. Check them out with the timestamps. And uh that's all I really have. Kyle, do you have anything to add?
1: Um no, I don't think so. I've covered everything.
0: i'll talk cool. about you know what I'm saying? cool yeah same um i'm gonna get a snack and then hit the gym and then you're gonna play power world probably so oh you already know baby (laughs) (laughs) let's let them go thanks for tuning in i'm michael ante this is kyle heath and we'll see you in the next one peace Peace out everyone bye Bye. see you